I remember thinking before my match with Oliver that I, I had no stress because he had just beat me. He beat me pretty good. And uh, this is what they won't tell you probably. But, you know, I felt that if I lost, not that it was okay, but I was, I was supposed to lose. So I felt no pressure. You know, not, not many people would say that, you know, like, oh, I always thought I was going to win or whatever. But in reality, it was like I, I didn't really feel that much pressure. Like, he just beat me. He's a returning champion. I had a good plan, I thought, with, with my coaches. And I thought I could follow it well. And I thought that it would be okay, you know, if I wrestled hard, it would be okay if I didn't win. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. It's your host, Ryan Warner, coming to you from Chicago, IL. Our guest today is the great Logan Stieber, 2016 world champion, multiple-time world team member, of course, a four-time NCAA champion, Hodge Trophy winner, career record at Ohio State of 119-3. That's the best winning percentage in Ohio State history. And back in high school, he was a four-time Ohio State champ. Folks, I don't say this lightly, Logan's easily one of the best folk-style wrestlers to ever come through this country. It was an honor to have him on the podcast, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Today, Logan is the assistant coach at Ohio State, so we talk a little bit about current events, but get really into his career, including his battles with J.O., Zane Rutherford. Just an awesome interview. Can't wait for you to hear it. Fan of the week goes to our friend Luke DeLong, a teacher out in Gilbert, Arizona, representing Queen Creek Unified School District. Luke, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Last but not least, folks, this episode is brought to you by The Wrestling Consultant. This is Teague Moore's business, NCAA champion for Oklahoma State. He's helping parents and wrestlers find the right college program for their wrestler, whether it's D1, D2, JUCO. Teague used to be a Division I coach at two schools. He knows the ins and outs of getting into college wrestling. Hit him up at thewrestlingconsultant.com. Now let's get to this interview with one of the best folk style wrestlers to ever live, Logan Stieber. Logan Stieber, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about your career in your early days. Let's talk about this past weekend, though. Were you out at Bill Farrell? Yeah, so we had a good uh, busy weekend. Um, got out there on Friday. Uh, we had a couple guys wrestling Greco. 
Um, then we had a couple guys wrestling freestyle. And then we actually had uh, two dual meets on Sunday uh, at Columbia and then at Hofstra. So busy weekend. Wow. You guys are, you guys have been wrestling a lot of duels already. That Virginia Tech duel is amazing. Yeah. Awesome dual meet. It's always, uh, always exciting to duel them right away. It's uh, just a heater of a dual meet every year and it's early. So it's, it's always, I'd say it's fun, but you know, when, when you don't do well, it's not always fun, but it, it's, it's always a great dual meet. And this one was another great one. And what's the schedule look like between now and CKLV? Uh, nothing. So we'll train, uh, so we had today off and we have two, uh, do two workouts tomorrow. We'll do one on Wednesday morning. And then we give them a break until about Sunday afternoon. Um, and then we train uh, you know, Sunday through Wednesday. And then we will uh, travel to Vegas Wednesday. Uh, and then, yeah, Friday, Saturday, compete. Oh, it's that quick? It's it's a weekend after. So if you put yourself back when you were at Ohio State, if you had something like that where no team practiced Thursday, Friday, Saturday, were you still getting workouts in? Yeah, I mean, it's I'd go back home. And, and where I'm from, there's – I mean, I, I have a really good uh, club that I grew up in, uh, the Burnettes. So I would usually work out on Thursday and then uh, have Thanksgiving. And then Friday, kind of depending, you know, I'd always do a workout. Sometimes I'd wrestle or I'd go up uh, either to my high, where my club coach at high school or club practice uh, and do another practice. Saturday, usually we just hang out and then Sunday back on the mats uh, with the team. So always, always continuing to do something, though. It's like yeah. whether it's super intense or just some cardio always doing something. And you mentioned uh, the brunettes. That's something I wanted to ask you about. So I'm in Chicago, Illinois guy heard about the brunettes for years. Who Like breakdown, who are the coaches? Who, what's the club? What's the barn? I've heard all these things and I never yeah, yeah, knew yeah. Kind of what was what. Yeah. So I guess I'll just give you the backstory. So when I was a little kid, um, real young, um, I wrestled in a local tournament. Uh, I lost to a, a really tough kid, a uh, tough guy from Ohio. Um, well, we were just really young, so he was yeah. probably tough then, but he was, ended up being a four-time state champion. Uh, his name was Tony Jamison, um, and uh, met him, and they were like, oh, you know, his dad talked to my dad and was like, you know, we're going to a club about an hour away. Um, you guys should come. And so it was the Burnett's father, um, so Ron Burnett. Um, he passed away a few years ago. Um, so I had, he was my coach for a few years, um, and then I kind of moved on, on to Eric, um, so Eric kind of the head of the, the head of the, the, the club and, and really took it, uh, to crazy levels. Um, so I was with Eric for, for maybe, uh, 10 years old to 18 and then probably around 16 or so, uh, Eric's brother, Scotty came around, um, got back from college and started, I started working with him a lot too. And now he's a super successful coach, uh, at Perrysburg high school. And, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, so I trained with them. So just those guys. And then they have a bunch of other great assistants, uh, that, that helped them out. Um, it was just really, really good training. Really, really, really good training. And you say you got crazy. I mean, what was, what was crazy about it? Uh, just, I mean, just, uh, the people in the room, I mean, just had so many, uh, high school state champions, junior high state champions, um, just a bunch of just animals. And he, they, they really trained us hard. And, uh, and then as I got better, there was some, he had some good high school kids that, that he coached that moved on to college that were all Americans or, or starting for division one teams. And, and they would come back and I would train with them in high school. So it was a huge help, uh, for me, uh, to, uh, yeah. sorry. Did you hear mm -hmm. that? No, I couldn't hear it. All right, cool. Yeah. So there's a huge help for me to, to compete with, uh, 
just college kids when I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. Um, and then, so we would, we would do workouts with Eric probably like, uh, uh, three to four days a week. And then my dad would run workouts two days a week. And my dad's workouts were the crazy workouts. I heard that was red flag day. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's red flag day twice a week. So it was, uh, it was, it was nuts. (laughs) It was, what, was, yeah. what was your dad's like a uh, routine or like philosophy? How was it different? Uh, so the group was called Steber, Steber's dogs. Um, so my dad trained dogs. Um, he trained Labradors and then after a while he stopped that and now he's kind of back into it and he trains, uh, uh, Belgian Malinois and Prisa Canaros, like killer dogs now. But anyways, so my dad didn't know anything about wrestling. He actually won a high school state title in basketball. Um, kind of random. And, uh, but he knew how to work us hard. So we had a small group of maybe like, uh, eight to 12 kids and it was extremely intense. I don't know if it would, it was, it was yeah, very, very intense. A lot of stories that, uh, that wouldn't, wouldn't work too well nowadays, but, uh, it was, it was kind of crazy in there. I mean, it was very intense. My dad would, the, the, the pe- parents would bring, bring their kids to like, Hey, this is like, bring your kids for my dad could train them really hard. And some parents kind of came into it maybe not knowing how tough it was. And my dad would be like, listen, this, this is going to be hard. You don't have to stay here and watch um, if you don't want to, but it's going to be hard and it'll be good for him. And uh, it was, it was very intense, lots of crying from different people and, and uh, some angry dads and stuff, but it, uh, it was good. And, and my dad pushed us really, really hard. Um, he did a really good job of, of like not crossing the line into like, okay, like this, it's way too much, but, but being like, very very tough on us and would you say it was more like wrestling workouts or like running push-ups pull-ups all wrestling it'd be just groups of three essentially the whole two-hour practice so we get okay. warm and groups of three drilling uh like one man in the middle for you know each guy be in the middle for let's say five minutes straight so i'd hit moves on my partners for five minutes straight and then i'd be defending five minutes straight and then it'd be right to live and then we do you know maybe an hour of live in groups of three and uh it got crazy because now I can, I talk to my dad about a lot of this stuff now and he's like, yeah, maybe, you know, I pushed you guys too far, but what he would do, like with me, I, I was pretty good early. So, you know, we had a lot of really tough kids, but if I was really crushing everybody, he would try to break me. Um, and so every time we'd do groups, of, it'd be groups of three and it'd be like, I'd be in the middle for 10 minutes straight. And uh, every time I got close to his takedown, he would just stop. He'd be like time next guy in. So every time I got close, <laughs> Uh, he wouldn't let me score. And then if someone got one on me, like he would let him go all the way till he scored and try to break me and try to, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure sometimes it did, but I, uh, I definitely got uh, pretty mentally, <laughs> mentally tough from it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. That's all. <clears throat> I'm sure there's tons of, tons of legendary stories. Who would you say you learned the technique from coach Burnett? Yeah. Eric. So like I said, my dad trained us like crazy, but uh, Eric was the technique guy. I mean, he just, it was, it was really, really elite. Just, just stuff that you just like, it kind of makes sense, but just really, really good, you know, chain wrestling and putting multiple things together and, and, and working really hard on top. And that's one of the reasons why I, I was good on top was from, from Eric and, and Eric's dad, just, you know, making us do the different drills and making us really focus on, on, you know, the top position. Um, I would say the biggest thing was chain wrestling though. I mean, he was really good at, uh, just presenting ideas and just, you know, getting different thoughts in our head of just trying to chain wrestle and continue to wrestle through positions. Cause I remember I'd, I'd go to different camps across Ohio or different places with 
really good wrestlers and stuff, and they'd be like, man, you guys' wrestling is so good. You know, it's like, what what's going on? You know, it's like, they we stopped their first move, but then you guys score on the second one, or we stopped the first two, and you guys score on the third. And I was like, yes, that's just how we're told to wrestle. I don't know. Eric, that's how Eric taught us how to wrestle. You just keep wrestling through stuff. So uh, it was cool just to be – I mean, he was just really – you're really a good coach. And I would say I owe my, my wrestling success to him. To, to, wow. to Eric, Eric, the whole Burnett family, but uh, Eric, I worked with the most. Um, so definitely, I mean, he's just very, uh, very good, and I'm very grateful to have uh, the Burnett family in my life. I mean, you're from what I hear, your room. I mean, I don't. It's funny because like growing up, you know, like who who might be great in middle school to you that stands out, but like you know they may have never made it. So I'm sure there's tons of good guys you worked out with who are good at like eight and ten or good in middle school who people outside of Ohio may not know. But you know, I, I was looking at some of the team Ohio Fargo. It's like one year at Fargo, it was like David Taylor was 98, you're 105. You guys said yeah. another guy Clark at 91. Like yeah, crazy. So he, he was down below. Yeah, so we had a great group. Uh, so Jamie Jamie Clark was in my club. He he, he oh, trained wow, with us, okay. and then and then uh, Sammy White. Uh, well, I think went to college at Illinois. Uh, he was he. I wrestled him twice in the Fargo Finals. Um, he was in our club. Felipe Martinez was in our club. Felipe um, was in your club. Yeah. So this is like so so this group right here. So some of these guys worked with Eric, but these are all like my dad's my dad's my dad's little group. So it was uh, me, my brother, uh, Cam Tassari, Chris Phillips, and then. Felipe, Jamie, Sammy White, uh, a kid named Jerome Robinson uh, from St. Ignatius, um, who was state champion, was in the 103 pound bracket with me, David Taylor, Jamie Clark, Sammy White at Ironman. Uh, who else was in the club? That was there's a couple kids from Michigan um, in the club. I know I'm forgetting some people that I'm going to. Uh, we just had, yeah, just a bunch of animals that were just. Uh, Felipe's brother was junior high state champion. Um, yeah, we had some really just. Cause we're right. Cause Felipe is from uh, Toledo area. So we're, you know, right in, you know, an hour from where he was. And we'd have people come from Michigan to do these small groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and people from Pennsylvania sometimes would come in and just, yeah, it was, it was cool. So what was we, that? We, we, what was it? 103 pound bracket? Uh, so at Ironman, uh, it was, uh, me, David beat me in the finals. And then I, I beat Jamie in the semifinals. Um, and I'm pretty sure now I know Jerome Robinson was, uh, Either in the other semi or or in the other semi quarter, I think he uh he he placed, and then I think Sammy White uh placed um wow. as well. He had to. I mean, I, the next year I, I wrestled him in the, in the Ironman finals. I wrestled him all the time. He's from Maslin Perry. Was very very tough to score on. Very good wrestler. Uh, he beat uh Jamie Clark as a freshman at state in the state finals. Uh, Jamie Clark's freshman year. Which, if not, if he would have won, he would have been a four-time high school state champion. Um, and he's a Fargo champ. Because uh, that one year, it was like, you guys won 91, 98, 105 at Fargo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And we all just, yeah, we worked together. And, and I, I knew David Taylor really well. Um, So I would always go down uh to St. Paris and work with him a lot. Um, oh, you would? So, so you guys were close, yeah. too? Yeah, yeah. Really good friends. We actually, so we wrestled uh at Tulsa. I think I was eight years old. Um. I, I made the finals and I lost to one of the Alton brothers, Dylan or Andrew. Um, and then they have true third or true second at Tulsa, which Ooh. I'd never been a part of that. So I'm like, all right, true second. That sucks. I just lost. And uh, I had David Taylor. I didn't know who he was. 
and I, he definitely didn't know who I was, and he killed me. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but he beat me probably by like 10 or something. Um, but then we kind of became friends, and, and his dad and my dad uh, became friends, and uh, he, he was living in Wyoming at the time. And uh, I actually went out and visited for a week and kind of just hung out, and uh, they had a nice big ranch and so rode horses and did some different things. It was uh, super cool. And then they moved to uh, kind of Dayton area, St. Paris, Graham, uh Ohio, Urbana, Ohio, and uh, so then I would come down a lot uh, to to work with them and 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 the Jordans and all that. Was the Burnett School of Wrestling different from the Jordan School of Wrestling or similar? Oh uh, yes, very very different. Um, so I, I would say because uh, Jordan's uh, Coach Jordan had a very like uh, 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 I don't want to say simple because. It was, but it was relatively simple of like, these are the things that we're doing. We're going to drill it a million times and then we're going to wrestle live. And it was really good. And it was all, all pretty basic stuff. Um, but obviously the basics work. Um, so it was just a great, like, you're going to come in, you're going to drill hard. Um, we're going to drill, we're going to learn the same moves. Uh, most of the summers with little variations, but you're going to have a bunch of really tough kids in the room that are going to, that are all state champions or junior high state champions, whatever. Um, and just, you know, get after it where the brunette, I feel like with Eric, it was kind of like we, there'd be a little plan and then things would be made up on the fly. And, uh, you know, we would, uh, things were always a little bit different. So more top and bottom with brunette or definitely more top and bottom and just more like, uh, I would say, I don't know how to say this, just, uh, just different, different variety with brunette. So mm -hmm. they're both really good. So they're great for me. So I could go go to Jordan's and and hit hit all the all the all the basics, all the good stuff, the single leg, the cutback, all the stuff that that got me really good, and drill it a bunch of times, and then wrestle a bunch of live. And then with Eric, I could you know go in and say, hey, you know, work on, you know, obviously Eric was my coach, my club coach. So it was like you know, with Jordan's it was more of a camp, and then Eric, I could go, okay, well this isn't working. What can I do to fix this? So mm -hmm. these are all things that I would imagine that the Jordans did you know, with, with their, their high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah, I had a great relationship with, with Coach Jordan and, and and the whole the whole group down there. Dude, Ohio during this time was just buzzing with with killers, man. Like the yeah. things you're mentioning, it's like unbelievable. Yeah, David Habit was another guy that was in our group. He would come train with us. Okay. So David. he was wrestled yeah, wrestled Edinburgh on Timberly Finalist, you know, wrestled uh uh forget what country uh, a bunch of times and wrestled at Michigan's training center. So he was the St. Ignatius uh, with Jerome Robinson. So he was an animal too. Yeah. When would you say was like the turning point to when you started wrestling year round and really went serious with it? Uh, well, I never wrestled year round actually until college. So, oh, really? Yeah. I would say I was serious with it. Maybe the first year I started, like maybe second year I started, I was always serious with it, but I always played football in the, in the fall. So after Fargo, so like essentially August 1st to, uh, October-ish, I never wrestled. Um, and then in October, the last month of football season, I wrestled maybe once a week on like Sundays. Um, but sometimes I won it if I um, got maybe a little banged up playing football or just didn't want to or whatever. So I, that was always a big break for me, which was really nice. Now you're um, not talking, you played football in high school still. Yeah, I played football in high school. Whoa, dude, a recruit like you with those knee injuries, that's crazy. Like yeah. no injury, nothing. No, no, I was good. Coach Ryan came and watched 
one or two of my football games and yeah, it was cool. Probably had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we were at a small school, right? So it was, you know, I had 70 or 60 kids in my class and, you know, we we're in a smallest division, but, um, I was still, you know, 140 pounds, you know, playing right. against guys, you know, 180 to 210. I mean, there weren't that many guys over 200, but, um, but it was fun. It was a small school. So all my friends played football and, and I, uh, and I always liked it. I played as a, I played, I think I played tackle as a third and fourth grader or fourth and fifth grader. Um, and then flag sixth grade year because the league was that I was at didn't have a sixth grade. It was, was kind of weird. Then I played junior high all through high school. I loved oh, it. Oh wow. Super super fun. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Now outside of the wrestling, did you were you doing a lot of like cross training, like pull-ups, push-ups kind of thing, or mainly just wrestling as a middle schooler and high schooler? Uh yeah. So my dad, my dad, like I said, he he just didn't know anything about wrestling, but he he knew how to train us. And I always kind of say, I mean, wrestling definitely fits me but i think if we would have done any other sport um um i would have been me and my brother would have been pretty good at it because my dad trained us hard so we, we would do push-ups i would be doing like we'd be doing like a thousand push-ups a day when we were looking at a couple of days a week yeah we'd be doing setups and then we'd be you know we live in the country so we'd be uh just running outside and then a bunch and then my grandparents have a little hill so my grandparents live a quarter mile away exactly quarter mile mailbox and mailbox so we would run down there and do uh do sprints up the hill and stuff and then my dad even got some of the like guys some of our friends football guys we would do like plyometrics in the summer and stuff <laughs> so yeah we just did a bunch of stuff like that so i mean pull-ups we had, you know a little bit of pull-ups just through like the pull-up like the pull-up bar and stuff like that but lots of push-ups and sit-ups lots of running and uh uh you know we would do as I got in high school, I would, I would do morning workouts, uh, like mm -hmm. jump roping in the, in the basement or running on the treadmill and stuff. Got it. Okay. Now that's, uh, it's interesting to see. Cause I remember hearing stories like, and you probably know this, like the number of folk style losses you have your whole life is like less than 10. Is that true? <laughs> it's probably somewhere around something there. crazy. I, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I asked my dad, I, you know, I said, man, were, were we pretty good right away? He said, "Yeah, you know, we, you guys were both pretty tough right away, and and then he just he did a great job. I mean, him and my mom would did any did everything they could to make sure we were in the best chance to succeed. I mean, they they I mean they would get, get off work and they would drive. You know, our, our until maybe my sophomore year of high school, the Burnettes was about forty five minutes away each way. Wow. So it, it and we would go sometimes before, so we'd do a small group. So my mom would get off work at five o'clock, take us right right you know to the Burnettes." get there at 5.45 or so, or maybe she'd get off at work early because we usually go from about 5.30 to 6.30 and then 6.30 uh, as a small group and then 6.30 to 8.30 uh, as a whole practice. We did that you know, th two or three times a week, four times a week. So it was a really big convenience for us when uh, they moved the barn closer to us. Um, There's a big barn. It's like 10 minutes from our house. So kind of random, but uh, it worked out really well. Um, so yeah, my parents sacrificed like so much for us and, and, uh, they just did a lot. So they did a lot of things for us and they put us in a, a bunch of really, really good, um, positions to succeed. When I heard you say on another podcast, I wish I could remember it cause it was an awesome interview. It seemed like it was an Ohio guy who did it with you, but you were saying that your wife was also a division one athlete and you hear talk about coaches and whatnot. And it kind of dawned on you that like you never had a bad coach in your life. And oh you, yeah. Dude, yeah. you talk about some of the coaches you're around, like you're around some of the best of the best. It's crazy. 
Yeah, no, it, I don't know. I forget the podcast, but I remember talking about that. Yeah, just because you know she's done different sports, and then she ran track and cross country at Ohio State. So um, she's had good coaches and bad coaches. And I was just thinking in my mind, I, I've never had a bad coach. I don't think. I mean, mm-hmm. there's the, everyone that I've been around has been very helpful. They they all sometimes different ways of coaching, um, but all all kind of a, a positive mindset. And yeah, I just feel really grateful to. I mean, just been really lucky with coaches and and the good people around me and 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 yes, all, all the way through from a little kid up till up till you know end of my career. So been really grateful for that. But you mentioned Coach Ryan coming to watch you play football, and and he even told me he's like, listen, even without me, Logan Steeper is going to be a Buckeye his whole life. But were you uh talk to us about the college recruiting? I mean, I, I got to imagine probably the most recruited athlete in a decade when you were coming through. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's so. Well, yeah, it's, go ahead. No, yeah, it's really funny. I mean, it's just I, I, I will be. I can't imagine there will ever be an easier recruit for Ohio State than me. Um, I committed as a sophomore in high school. I took one other unofficial visit. I took zero official visits. I took one other unofficial visit to Michigan. Um, and I watched a football game there, Ohio State versus Michigan. Um, I knew their staff. Um, cause they're from Northeast Ohio, um, good people. Uh, I think coach McFarland was his name. Mm-hmm. Um, good, good staff. Um, and I'd been up there a few times, uh, training with, uh, the Massa family. So Logan Massa, Taylor Massa. Um, so I knew them a little bit and they kind of wanted to do maybe one last ditch effort. Uh, not really. Cause we, I mean, I was, I wasn't a, even able to be a recruit yet, but just kind of like show me some love and, and, you know, do an unofficial visit to a football game, but, uh, it was a good game. The Buckeyes won, <laughs> but I, I just, yeah, I mean, so I committed as a sophomore in, in the, the spring of my sophomore year and it, yeah, it, it didn't matter if coach Ryan was the coach there or not. You know, I, I, it probably solidified, uh, my love for Ohio state or, or my decision-making knowing that he was there and, and coach Roselli and, and, uh, and you know Jay was just I just won a couple of national titles, so he, I know he was going to be in there. Um, so yeah, easy recruit for Ohio State. No, no, and it's crazy because this is a different world. I mean, I won I won Fargo my that sophomore year, so I committed in maybe May, and then I won Fargo, and uh, I had one one coach, one coach. Um, I don't even think he's coaching anymore. Um, said at Fargo, he said, "Congrats." He said, "If anything ever changes, just let me know." That was it. That's the only no 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 tampering nothing no one no 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 calls on on no Kale Sanderson nothing nothing and I was nice it was just it was it was a different world where like you know the coaches respected the 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 commit and I didn't look anywhere else it's different world I knew where I wanted to go I wasn't gonna waste any time it was Ohio State if I didn't wrestle in college I would have went to Ohio State um, as a student Um, where's the love for Ohio State come from. Oh man, when you're an Ohio kid and you grow up and you're watching the Buckeyes every Saturday, it's, it's, how could you not? And you're watching them and you're freaking, and they win, you know, they win the title in 2001. You're sitting there. It's just, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just, a, it's, a, it's just, I'm not, I would imagine other states are like that with their uh, big schools or big state schools. But, you know, for Ohio kid, it's like, why wouldn't you want to? Now, obviously everyone has different, different situations and stuff, but for me, it was, it, uh, I, I, I loved Ohio state and things were going in the right direction. 
for wrestling, so it just it made it easier. But so even yeah. bigger than like like an NFL team for you, the Buckeyes, so that were way way bigger in the household. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad likes my like my dad was a big Brown is a big Browns guy, and but uh, yeah. you know the Browns kind of tear your heart out sometimes. So, but they're doing good now. They're they're <laughs> they're, they're they're doing all right. But uh, yeah, for for me it was always Ohio State. Never yeah. never never a thought of anywhere else. And when I think about your high school career, four-time state champ is an incredible accomplishment, but your teammates, you had this foursome doing it with you. So that was pretty amazing. And then the two Ironman state champs, talk to us about Fargo. When was your first time out at Fargo? Was it going into freshman or going into yep. sophomore year? Yeah, going into freshman year. Um, so actually it was kind of funny. So I was I was originally signed up. I was going to go 98 uh, pounds. And then David was going to go 105. And... uh we were at we were at the little Ohio training camp, and I was struggling so bad with my weight. I was dying, and David was really light. Um, so I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna go up." I'm like, "I can't make 105. I can't make 98. I'm 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 hurting." And then he was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna go down. Like, we'll we'll win." And then we we knew Jamie was going 91. Um, so it was like, "Cool, we'll win three in a row." Um, so uh, yeah, as an eighth grader, I'm like, yeah, maybe like two weeks before Fargo, a week before Fargo, I decided I was going 105 because it, was it wasn't going to be in the cards to make 98. And it worked out really well because, like we were talking about earlier, uh, we won three in a row, and um, I just wrestled a freestyle there. Did you have any close matches? Uh, no. Because that, first... that... Go ahead. No, my first match, uh, I wrestled uh, one of my old training partners. I think his name is Nick Shank. Um, he was from Maryland. Uh, tough kid. He used to always come to different camps and stuff. Um, so that was the only time I gave up a point. So I had a good tournament. <laughs> Cause that, 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 um, that's like the first time where it's like, it's, it actually really matters, right? Tulsa is awesome. Doesn't, you know, really, really matter. I mean, I guess cadet one Oh five ninety eight college coaches aren't looking at that, but it, it is a little bit right. Your first time you're at Fargo at the cadet level is a big deal. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was just, yeah, it was super fun. I mean, I think that was the first, uh, that was like the first like big event where I was like, all right, this is cool. Like I'm, I think I was like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty tough. I always knew that I was like pretty good wrestler because I won most of my matches or whatever, but I was like, all right, this is like a big, big national event, not just a, a little mm -hmm. kid national event. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was super, uh, yeah, that was super cool. Then. And then you won it two more times. Did you say you wrestled your teammate in the finals one of the times? Yeah, yeah. So my my uh, second year cadet and, and first year junior, I wrestled Sammy White in the finals. So he was one of our kids that's, in our club. That's insane, yeah. dude. Yeah. So he was a beast. I mean, he beat a bunch of really tough guys. He beat Ramos in the semis. He beat Modesto McCauley. He beat Bill Longa. Um, so just a wow. bunch of animals. Yeah, yeah. So he beat them all on the, other, uh, on the other side, and then I beat him in the finals. And then, uh, yeah, I won, I won a junior Greco title, too. Dang. Man, you were uh, – you were that was – you, those names you mentioned so loaded back then like that's a, that's a great era dustin mccauley especially yeah no it was awesome it was just i mean and i knew dustin just from different jordan's camps and stuff so it was just it was a really tough bracket um uh, and uh i mean my junior year when i was a junior i wrestled jesse delgado i wrestled uh ivanoff from uh iowa oh. um i mean there was that bracket uh, it's crazy every year you know like when i go home i look at the names right yeah, it's yeah. Like in my in my bedroom i look at it and i'm like dang man there's some some crazy names people you, you forget about and you're like oh wow that's cool um so it uh yeah 
I like Fargo. It was, it was, you know, any event where you can go and do well, you like. hundred so. percent. Well, you mentioned, uh, even like McCullough, like, you know, people in our age remember that name, but you know, at the time you would have thought would have had a lot of college success. And I, I really don't even know what happened with his career, but like, he still had an amazing high school career and that name alone, like that kid was a killer back then. dude. Yeah. I believe he was a, a, a D2 national champion. Um, okay. maybe more than once. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, yeah, he he's, was really tough, and I think he yeah continued to be super tough. Did they have any of the Fila, or I guess it was Fila that back then? But did they have like Junior Worlds and all that? Or yeah, so they had. Uh, I did I did cadets, um, and that was at Northwestern. That was cool. That was uh, I did. I think it was like Cadet One Hundred Five, Fila Cadet. Um, but they didn't have Cadet Worlds. Um, and then I did Fila Juniors. Um, at the end of my sophomore year. Um, and I, uh, I won, I won the field juniors 121. Um, wow. so that was a, that was a crazy bracket. My first match I had, uh, Tyler Clark, who was a, a Iowa state, uh, one of my state. good friends. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So we, we had a heater oh. for a heater first match. Um, and then I wrestled, uh, David Thorne in the quarterfinals. Um, another heater cause I was, it was best two out of three periods. So I was up like two zero first period and he lat dropped me at the very end of it to win. So I think I won the next two periods, like one Oh one Oh or something like that. And then I had Ramos in the semis um, and won a really tight, I think, I think two period match. Um, and then I had uh, uh, Zach Sanders in the finals and I won Dang. Oh my tight. God, super tight. Dude. Yeah. It was an awesome bracket, but it was one of those things where it, it uh like the, the junior worlds wasn't a, wasn't as like cool of a thing or I don't know. It wasn't as popular as a thing as it is now. So I didn't even go to the trials. So I don't even know why, but so I, I was in the I tell people that I go, dude, it was at Northwestern. It was called Fila juniors. It was kind of a random tournament that like a lot of Midwest kids would go to and you definitely get out of staters, but it was like, you really didn't go to the next level. Like maybe you went to a camp at the OTC and that was it. Yeah. So I didn't even go and ended up being Zach Sanders was in the finals then. And then, uh, that Sanders beat David Taylor best two out of three to make the junior junior world team. Really? So, wow. Yeah, man. That's uh. You're mentioning all these names. You mentioned Ramos. Obviously, he's an Illinois guy. Were you yep. at um, Ironman the year when Felipe Martinez knocked him off in like the quarters or like maybe it was even the first round? Like, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I forget what what. I think I was. He was a freshman. I think I was two years older than Felipe. I might have been three. No, I think I think just two. Yeah, I was there. I was there. It was nuts. I mean, that was shocking. I mean, so you wrestled for Graham, so it was he was like uh, kind of unknown. So people were like, "Who is this kid?" But like to me and in, in our little group, we knew who he was because he was. I mean, he was in our group and he trained every day. And honestly, he was he was really good. But in in the group we had, everybody was really good. So mm-hmm. you know, no one really would stand out like crazy. People would have good days, but. I mean, there were plenty of days where I'd get beat up or Felipe would get beat up or Jamie Clark or my, or my brother. So it was super like when, when everyone was like, oh, my gosh, who is this kid? It was just funny because, you know, we just knew him and yeah. we knew we knew how good he was. So it wasn't that surprise to us uh, that he was doing really well. He used to wrestle a kid from my hometown, Marcus Peterson, in the finals at Tulsa. A really, really oh, tough yeah. wrestler. And so back then I heard the name and I was like, man. And then it was like a couple years later and he beat Ramos. but. So that that was kind of the era you grew up in, and 
Um, you get to Ohio State. Tell me about your first year at Ohio State. Uh yeah. So I was uh I was trying uh trying to make the 125. Um and I was not doing well doing it. I was dying. Um, but I made it for a couple events. Um and then I got hurt um at Vegas. Um and I was able to just take a medical red shirt. Um okay. which is nice. And then uh so I just recovered from that for a while. Um and then I uh and then I wrestled at the uh uh, I wrestled at some like last chance qualifier event, like at end of March. And, uh, I think it was in Brockport. Um, and I, and I won that. And then I wrestled, uh, at the U S open. It was in Cleveland. Um, it was in Cleveland. I'm pretty sure. Um, so my, the, the guys I was training with, uh, so I, I had a kind of a weird year of like some, some good training and then I was hurt for a few months. So I couldn't train too hard. And then I was back in it right away. Um, so kind of flash forward to the spring I was training with. So the guys in the room was like Reese Humphrey and Sean Bunch. Um, and they were both, uh, number one and number two in the country at the weight class at 60 kilograms. So it was cool. Cause I was, I was, was able to train with them every day. Um, so I wanted to wrestle at the, uh, uh, the seniors and, uh, the coaches were like, no, go juniors. You know, you, you haven't made a junior world team like you you know, you should go juniors. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I remember watching the finals and it was recent bunch in the finals. And I was like, dude, I wrestle with these guys every day. Like I should be there. Uh, Reese beat Sean real close. The next day uh, I'm in the juniors. I wrestled, I made it to the quarterfinals and lost to Cody Brewer, um, a high school kid. So you know, nowadays people lose to high school kids. Don't feel that bad. I lost to a high school kid. You know, usually if you're a stud and you lose to a high school kid, that means they're a stud too. Like and as Brewer. a high scorer, you thump some people. We can't forget about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know sometimes yeah. people get maybe embarrassed or whatever, but yeah. you know kids are really good. I mean, people are good, and if you're not ready to go, they'll beat you. So I remember thinking like, oh wow, I was complaining about not wrestling at the seniors. I just lost to a high school kid. Like, you know, how'd you process saying, that one? Um, I was pretty good at the losses. Yeah, so it was kind of like I remember doing an interview with Zeb afterwards and he was asking me, he's like, uh, there was some kind of close calls there in the match. And I don't even know if he watched the match because there wasn't any close calls. He just beat me pretty good. It was like three, one, three, two, you know, two periods. So I was like, no, you know, it's just, I don't know. He kept blast double egging me, double egging me and I couldn't stop it. And you know, things happened. So it was all good. I ended up coming back, get third, got third. Um, and then I made the junior world team uh, a few weeks later. Um, and then I wrestled the junior world championships and I took second. Oh, you, so you went to it. They, that's when we I started sending it. a team. Where was that at? Yeah, we actually sent a team the, the, when I didn't go, I just didn't go to the okay. trials, but, um, the junior worlds were in, uh, Bucharest, Romania. And that's I cool. lost to actually in the finals, I lost to Asgaroff. So okay. um, he won the Olympics the next year. Wow. So 2011, 2011, I lost to the guy and then. Uh, 2012, he won the Olympics. So, man, and then after that, you, have. you're in the lineup all four years after that. Yep, it's crazy. You almost went 125 because I remember the remember when Flo did the follow along documentary with uh, it must have been like your sophomore year. Yeah, maybe it's your freshman year. I didn't realize how hard a time you had pulling down to 133, and so to think you were at 125 was like, dude, because yeah, I was a sophomore year. Yeah, it was my it was my sophomore year. Um. And I just kept growing. It's one of those things where, like, that's why it's recruiting so interesting because 
I, you know, I was planning on being a 25 for life. So as a high school senior, I was weighing like 140, 140, 140, 140 to 145. And I was cutting to 125. And it was just a, it was a, a big mistake by me. I should have, I should have went 130. But I, in my mind, I was, I was thinking, I can't go 125 in college if I go 130 in high school. Like so I'm, Frank, like, even like every crappy little dual meet where you were attacking the kid, you were still making 125 on a 20 pound cut in high school. I was, I was doing some dual meets at 130. Okay. I was, I had some not, not very good dual meets. So, oh. competition wise, you know, small school, but, um, but so yeah, you're pulling so that much. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, obviously at the end of the year, you kind of get under control, but it's just, it was a lot. So it was just, it was one of those things where, uh, I thought I was going to be a career 25. And by the end of my career, I could have moved up to 49, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, though, when I was 133, I was, I was hurting a little bit too. So like if you, let's say like your sophomore year at 33, you come in on a Monday, are you 15 over or worse than that? No, I was pretty good about not being that much over because I, I couldn't really, I, I wasn't losing that much in workouts. I would lose you know, three to four pounds in a workout. So, you know, to look, to be 15 over would be just, I would, if, if I was that much over, it would, I would either have to do three workouts a day or I would have to just not eat for a couple of days. So I, I would try to be always be like eight to 10 over. Got it. Okay. But in, but in the summer, yeah. So I was 33 my first year. I was about 150, you know, in the summer. And so by the time season started, I was uh, one, 141, you know, so it was pretty first year. 133 was, uh, was really easy to make. Um, yeah. Second year, I was about 155 in the summer. So that was, that was tougher to make. Now tell me about, you know, your whole life, you've been dominating, you've been winning at every level. Finally, your retro freshman year, you're in the lineup and at, you're at your first NCAA tournament. And this is the pinnacle of what you've been working towards. What are you feeling Thursday morning as you get ready to wrestle your first match at the big dance? Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, I, I was pretty relaxed. I'm not really a guy who uh, gets too like hyped up or too crazy out there. So uh, I, I had a good season. Um, I'd lost two matches. Um, I lost to uh, Chris, I think Chris, Chris Dardanes, um, another Illinois guy. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I lost to Oliver a month before in the dual meet. Um, so I lost those two matches um, and I had it kind of lined up where if I had to, if I wanted to win the tournament, I was probably have to beat both those guys. Um but uh, I felt really good. I had really, really good training. Um, I mean, the weight wasn't an issue. And uh, I, yeah, I had a really good plan for my matches. And I, yeah, I felt at, at a good, good, good place. That's for sure. Well, I love how you said, like, even if, if you had a bad week during that time, you would just look around to your partners and be like, all right, well, whoever I'm going to be wrestling, they can't beat Sean Bunch. They can't beat Jay Jackers. They can't beat Reese Humphrey. So it's like, that's the yeah. kind of guys you're with every day. I mean, that's a crazy room. Yeah. That was, that was kind of my self-talk, you know, but I was always like, what's your self-talk? You know, what do you, what's your, how, what's your mental, what are you thinking? And I was, that was my, that was my self-talk. I was thinking, well, these guys can't, you know, beat, beat so-and-so and maybe they could, but I felt yeah. like they couldn't be right. You know, it was, but nowadays, I mean, think about, easier. Even in high school, though, how low to your room was, like when you get to colleges that those guys are just, it's just such another level up, like the Sean Bunches, Reese Humphreys, like you're getting yeah. challenged even more. Yeah, I mean, those guys were just so elite. So I, I felt in my mind that I could I could wrestle with those guys and on good days I could beat them. Um, but I felt like the guys I was going to wrestle in the NCAA tournament wouldn't be able to beat uh, Sean or Reese or Jay. Yeah. Um, so I felt, uh, I felt, yeah, I felt really comfortable. Um, Felt, you know, felt great about 
how the how the tournament could go. And you two pens and you wrestled Dardanes in the corners, beat him seven to four, and then Ramos and the semis. And it's like, dude, that's just a tough bracket, a tight win. Yeah, and then, yeah. I mean, it's NCAA NCAA tournament, you know, so it's, yeah, it's gonna be tough, right? But yeah, I felt good. I felt you know Dardanes. I felt great um, in my match against him, and then Ramos is always a hard match, so I felt good with with Ramos, and then. I remember thinking before my match with Oliver that I, I had no stress because he had just beat me. He beat me pretty good. And uh, I felt, uh, you know, uh, this is what they won't tell you probably, but you know, I felt that if I lost, not that it was okay, but I was, just, I was supposed to lose. So I felt no pressure, you know, it's like, wow. no, no one, you know, not, not many people would say that, you know, like, Oh, I always thought I was going to win or whatever. But in reality, it was like, I, I didn't really feel that much pressure. Like he just yeah. beat me. He's a returning champion. I wrestling. I've been wrestling well. I had a good plan. I thought with, with my coaches, and I thought I could follow it well. And I thought that, you know, it would be okay. It would be okay. You know, if I wrestled hard, it would be okay if I didn't win. It's just it it's probably it like one of the only matches you've ever wrestled where like you weren't expected to win by everyone. I mean, you were still expected to win, but like you, you'd already like you said you yeah. lost to him. No, for there. sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely underdog. You know, and and. and you know, before you know on our first match we uh I, I got in on his legs a bunch i couldn't score and then uh he, i couldn't get off on bottom so he was he rode me with uh like a ankle hook and cross face trying to cross face cradle me in the first match i think for three minutes so i got killed on bottom um and uh i just was a struggle so for you know the next month uh, i worked really really hard on uh defending the crossface cradle and defending different things he was doing on top. Um, so kind of had a goal in mind. I, I knew I had to get a takedown. I wanted to not give up a takedown. Um, um, at least not early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to, uh, to get away on bottom. Well, did you watch that match? The second period when you hit that takedown, you were so close to scoring already. And then you guys went out of bounds, but the takedown you hit, you have a single and you're trying to like get that wizard out and you just do a high step over. Dude, that was freaking beautiful. Like that was, yeah. uh, you don't see that that often. I know. If you watch our first match, I tried it about 10 times and it failed every time. So really? I just, uh, I don't know what it was to make this one different. I don't know if he was a little bit more relaxed. I think, I think he was doing the splits more with his right leg than the first match. He had more of a, uh, his knees were together. Uh, so I think the, him doing the splits more, I think it was just a little bit, he was a little bit relaxed there. Yeah. Uh, um, so I was super close. Yeah. I was super close in the first period of scoring. Um, super close. And, yeah. And, uh, obviously he took me down right away, but I was, I felt okay because I got away, uh, really fast. That was a weird uh, takedown because you didn't even go down to like all fours. Even it was just kind of like a little shock. Yeah. And then you're on, you're, you're on your hands to do the hand touch. And it wasn't like yeah. really a ride he put on you after that. It was quick. Yeah, it was quick, right? And then uh, the second period, when I went down, if you watch the match, you'll see my uh, my left arm goes, like, high because he was trying to cross face. Okay. So, again, he rode me for about three minutes the first match. And then I think I got away in, like, five seconds and six seconds, the two times I was on the bottom. So a lot of credit to, to you know, Coach Jay and Coach Lou and, and Tom and everybody just for, you know, having a good plan because <laughs> I, I didn't do that the first time, and I got the crap written out of me. So, what do you remember about winning that first title and like what'd you do that night to celebrate? Uh yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it was it was uh a crazy close at the end. Uh 
of the match, right? And, and it, it could have went either way. I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad it went my way, right? <laughs> Super close, but uh, it uh. It was what were really you feeling cool. in that moment when you won? Oh man, I was I was super pumped. I was I remember like like just hugging Coach Roselli and uh, I was super excited and I knew just I knew how much work that I did and 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 the coaches did and and it helped me get there and uh, it was really cool. They they I feel like every other year, every couple of years, they have this thing, but they they allowed me to have two uh, tickets to the floor for the finals. So my mom and dad were like, absolutely no way. Like they said on opposite ends. Like they, they don't, you know, they're like, you know, they really? don't want to be anywhere close to the mat. They're nervous. My mom was probably in the bathroom. You know, my, my dad was, was probably up in the, you know, in the rafters somewhere. Um, so my, one of my best friends, um, and then my brother sat down there. So right after the match, I, I gave them a big hug and everything. So that was super cool. And then, uh, nice. And then, yeah, it took forever to get my, uh, my, uh, drug test done. I could not pee. And then I had a fun night with my friends. And then the next day we went, we got back home and we went to spring break in Florida for a week. So it was a good time. It was, it was, yeah. Well, especially considering J.O. at that point, he was a junior. Had he already won a couple? He'd won one. Okay. So he won as a sophomore. Um, yeah, he won as a sophomore. He was a junior there. You talk about, you know, he was a huge 133. And then the following, I mean, did as growing up, I mean, you you must have heard of J.O., I'm sure. Had you ever wrestled him before that or only in college? I never wrestled him. He's a little bit older than me, um, but I never wrestled him. Uh, I, I really probably only seen him one time at a tournament. We were in a dual meet tournament, Team Jordan. Uh, it was crazy dual meet. It was versus Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, he beat David Taylor in his match. And I remember, Whoa. like, because I knew David, and I was like, dang, this kid is good because I knew how good David was. Um. Wow. So I'd heard the name, and then obviously as I got older, I I'd, I'd heard of him and knew him because just super great wrestler. So um, I must have been an insane duel meet. That's like what was like middle school, high school, or what? Middle school duels. It was nuts. It was nuts. <laughs> it was nuts. I was the little. I was the smallest weight, and and Dave was second smallest weight. Our team was really really good, and Pennsylvania beat us. We were a really good team. Dude, David probably almost never lost back then. Never. So Jo was up, I think six zero against David or five zero. Going in the third period, and then David took him down, let him up a bunch of times, take it to overtime, and then J.O. took him down in overtime. It's nuts. Damn, that's crazy. Were the Palmers that same age or a different age? Yep, same age. Yep, okay. so same age as, as, as uh, me and David, yeah. Because did he – which one wrestled David in that dual meet in high school? Co- Colin. Lance okay. was older. Lance was a little bit – Lance graduated uh, in 2010, and then I my first year was that summer. So me and Lance uh, okay. d- didn't. It weren't weren't together at all in school, but because he was Metcalf's, yeah, that would have been a little bit older. Yep. Okay, got it. Yeah, so so you win your your freshman year. Um, yeah, obviously you win all four. I mean, it's everyone knows that. But the other match that I that I love to to think about is that Zane match in the semis where you were avenging a loss. Had you wrestled? So talk us through the Zane series of matches. That first one you lost him. Had you ever wrestled him before? Nope. Nope. What year I, were you uh, that year? I was junior? a junior. Okay. Yep, I was a junior, and I. Uh, I uh, I knew he was tough. I think he just won cadet world title. So I knew he was going to be a pretty tough kid, tough guy. And uh, I wrestled him and uh, kind of poor strategy by me. I took him down right away, had an arm bar half. I was like, oh, I'm going to pin him. And he got out of it. And then for whatever reason, I uh, I just let him go at like you know, 55 seconds of riding time. Just a bad decision. Well, I thought I was going to get out of takedown. Um, and I didn't. So I did another takedowns, two to one. Um, second period, um, 
Second period, I chose down, and he rolled me the whole period um, with the boots. I got stall call on me, and the crowd was like crazy. Is that rec hall, right? Rec hall, yeah. So it was a, it was a, a good loud crowd, you know, <laughs> good good crowd against me there. Um, third period, he chose neutral, and I was at this point, it was like everything was getting to me. Uh, I was tired. Um, I the stress of not really the stress of, but I just was tired. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was a tough match, and uh, the energy and everything. So I uh, I tried to score, couldn't score, so I was tied because he had riding time. So if, obviously, if I'd had a minute and five riding time, then he wouldn't have probably rode me out the whole period. Mm-hmm. Or maybe out at yeah, whatever. So you know, an error there, and then he took me down in overtime. Um, and it's just one of those things where it just was like, okay, well, I gotta get in better shape, and you know, gotta work on finishes. He did a good job defending some things, so it was all good. No, no problems. You know, coaches didn't yell at me or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I never got yelled at. Yeah, uh, but it was all good. You know, so then uh, we actually wrestled in the Big Ten finals. Um. And we had two very similar matches, Big Tens and, and Nationals. So Big Tens, I uh, I think I turned him, took him down twice and turned him for a, a two count. Uh, he reversed me at Big Tens, I think. Um, and then at Nationals, semifinals, he, uh, I think I took him down just once in the first period. Um, and then uh, I scored two more takedowns. You and controlled I got right that one. I watched that one. Yeah, that was that was a that was a workmanlike win there. Um, what I love yeah. about you, and you know, I this is the first time really getting to meet you, is you take your losses in stride better than anyone at your level that I've I think I've ever like you. You really seem to have like a confidence about it, where it's not like end of the world when you took a loss. Like, is that something yeah. you'd always had? Uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, uh, not to sound. This is kind of sounding cocky, but. I'm never cocky. So if it sounds cocky, that's okay. Um, I, uh, I didn't really lose that much. Right. So I don't know. You know, I, I remember like when I did lose a lot of times, my dad would get mad at me. especially when I was younger. Um, probably at all ages actually. Um, but, uh, you know, I just kind of, I remember thinking this in my mind, just it, like I, I would, I could fix the errors. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if there's every time I lost anytime I lost where I thought, well, it didn't matter what I, what I did. I can, I can never beat this guy. So in my mind, it was like, okay, well, I'm either out of shape, bad weight cut, um, or I, you know, technically I, I had some areas where I needed to fix. So just, you know, just in my mind, those were my reasons. Like, okay, well, of course I lost. I, I had a bad weight cut and, and the guy was really good and I couldn't finish my single leg. So if, if I could finish my single leg and I had a bad weight cut and the guy was good, I still could have won. Mm-hmm. You start adding in all these different things, like it's it's a high level, right? So I uh I kind of just um but you never got like bodied up where it was like so dominant. You're like I'm never gonna beat that dude. So that that was a, probably a big factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think uh maybe once or twice in freestyle, but mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah. I mean, for the most part, I felt like okay, well, I could fix that. You know, I could I could fix this or I could fix that. And so with with you know Zane, it was like okay, why well, I. I I worked a lot on on uh my get my single leg the bars to guard finish kind of uh frontward kind of double leg kind of thing and mm-hmm. then just making sure I got my riding time you know it was obviously such an error in the first match um so the, the second and third match just super super important to to ride 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 and if I could turn him cool but he was he was really tough so I was able to get one tilt on him but it was just you know, score my takedowns and ride score try to score two in the first period and then ride and then you know, go from there, but that was your plan. Yeah. That was my plan. But yeah, the losses are, you know, 
people lose, right? So right. It's, it's, it, I mean, it is, it is what it is, you know. So it's like you're gonna scream, you get mad, you're gonna you're gonna hate yourself, you know. Sun's gonna come up tomorrow, so it's mm-hmm. it's why not try to learn from it? And if you, if you do a good job in other areas of your of your life, then the losses shouldn't be a big deal because it's, it's gonna happen. But you're training hard and you're doing the right things, and you're eating well, and mm-hmm. so. And when you talk when you look talk about your senior year, you really hit the trifecta, Hodge four national titles and a team title. And I love the Ohio state Penn state battles during that time. So I'm trying to think back when Kale first got there. So he was already there. So when you guys won in 15, were you going against Penn state as your, your biggest threat that year? Or who was like the biggest team threat? Yeah. Penn, Penn, Penn state and Iowa. Okay. Um, I think Iowa ends up getting second. Um, so Penn state and Iowa were, uh, oh, actually I don't even know if Penn state was in, in the mix. Cause I, they, they, uh, Nico Megalutis, uh, redshirted and uh and zane redshirted so they, they might not have they might they might have been uh a little bit lower on the thing on the on okay. the team um so it was iowa iowa was the big the big rivalry i mean um, but you watch all those you know football dominant football national titles as a kid it must have been pretty nice to add one to the trophy case for ohio state from a team standpoint because there's so few team champs yeah yeah it was it was really cool i mean just it's just something that you know, I was inspired um, by the teams before me. You know, 2008, 2009, uh, Ohio State got second and was very close to winning. Um, and I knew, you know, coming in, you know, we had a bunch of uh, tough guys coming in and young guys. And each year we kept adding new people. Um, and I just knew that, you know, we, we would have a chance at one point. Um, so I was really happy that, you know, we we, we had a chance. And you know, like everything, there's lots of adversity, you know, with, you know, my brother was getting hurt. My brother got hurt and couldn't wrestle, uh, or he did, he qualified, but couldn't do anything what he wanted to do. And one of our teammates got uh, shot and uh, got, one of our teammates died. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so it was a, it was a, it was a crazy year. Uh, it was a tough year. Um, and lots of emotions. I mean, it was, it was wild. We actually, um, kind of a I funny, I don't remember movie. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so one of our teammates, he played football at Ohio State, um, okay. and he wrestled close to Kara George, um, and he uh, he passed away in uh, in November of 2014. Um, so he was one of our yeah one of our brothers, and so that was that was tough for everybody. And then my brother uh, tore both of his UCLs and his elbows. Um, yeah, yeah. So he moved up, he moved up to 149, and he uh, so he was like he didn't wrestle really all year. Um, and then he came back for big tens and, uh, I don't think he auto qualified, auto qualified a spot. So he had to be in the top six or whatever. And, uh, so when he won, he won in the semifinals, it was a crazy match against the Penn state guy and, and big tens were at Ohio state. Wow. So it, the, the place went nuts. I mean, it was like the loudest I've ever heard anything when my brother won. It was the coolest moment ever. He won in the semis. Um, and it, it was really big. Like, as, as hurt as he was, we needed him to win because we, we ended up tying Iowa for the Big Ten title. Now you said I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like really important uh, for him to wrestle. And he actually tried to wrestle. So he, he didn't wrestle in the, in the semifinals, forfeited. And he was going to forfeit out. But we were kind of crunching the numbers. And my brother was down bad. But we knew it was going to be really close. So he he tried to wrestle in the county semis and, and – uh, was in a back and forth match and lost. Uh, but 
it was it was wild. It was a wild Big Tens, and and yeah, we ended up tying uh, Iowa. Um, and then uh, yeah, the next is that day, when you wrestled Ramos in the finals in that year? Nope, I wrestled uh, Josh Jeva from okay. uh, from Iowa. No, I'm sorry. For wrestled- the, jumping ahead to the NCAA's, did you? So who'd you? You didn't. So that was. Ramos I wrestled. I wrestled yeah, I wrestled Mitchell Port. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I now that you say this, I remember like the NCAA's, the TV. It was like Tom Ryan and Tom Brand sitting together because it was like coming. Oh down yeah, that the- was that was twenty. Well, yeah, when they were sitting together, that was twenty thirteen when me and Ramos wrestled each other in the finals. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so the year before, yeah, or two years. Yeah, before. we 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 wrapped up. Uh, we we had uh, I think mathematically clinched it uh, on Saturday morning. I think Bo Bo had a pin for third and fourth. Bo Jordan that kind of clinched it where it was like mathematically we win unless somebody gets kicked out or something. So, and it's crazy because you, you become a four timer and on your team, people, you have what people think might be the next four timer and Kyle Snyder and he loses in the finals. Like that was pretty crazy. Yeah. So it was, it was set up where I was the last match. So they started, uh, so they started at 49 and, uh, so we just were chilling and then, and then all of a sudden we had we had three finalists. Was, he was in the finals in '97. Nate in the finals at 125, and I was in the finals 141. So, um, I remember like we were watching it, and then obviously there's a TV delay of you know five seconds. So they were wrestling, and then we heard the the crowd go like, I don't know about nuts, but like crowd went like ah, oh. and then we're like oh shoot, oh shoot, and then yeah we watched it obviously. So then it was kind of like uh, I mean. It, I was, I was really good at not letting other things affect me uh, outside of it, but it was definitely like a dang, it would have been nice to, to win them all. But then, you know, then Nate, Nate ended up winning uh, mm-hmm. in the finals. Um, yeah. Then I was up. What was your, what was your take on Snyder as a, as a senior of the team and the leader? Then you have this guy come in who's, you know, who's a, who's a freak in his own right. But what was he like as a young pup in the room? Oh uh, yeah. He worked really, really hard. You know, he, he, you know, he did a good job and he did whatever, you know, whatever the, the staff has asked of, asked of him. And, and he worked very, very hard. Um, and which is just was, was, uh, it was good, good to see him. I, 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 I worked, I worked like an animal when yeah. I was in there. Um, so it was cool to see, you know, him and, and Bo and, and, and Nate, um, doing similar things as I was and kind of helped, I think inspire the rest of the group. Yeah. Uh, you're so focused on your own thing. And it's crazy because after that you win a world title in 2016, you make several world teams and you retired. And just this year, literally this month, you know, you're named to the hall of fame, which is, it's just an amazing accomplishment, man. It's like now you're in fully into coaching. How big of a change has it been to go from competing to coaching for you? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I've always wanted to be a coach. So I was super excited to uh, join the staff and, and, uh, honestly, uh, the change is just, it's just been like how much non-wrestling work you got to do, right? It's mm. like, it's like what, what they don't tell you about being a wrestling coach, you know, all the non-wrestling stuff. So the best days are the days where you come in and you have guys from eight to 10 o'clock coming in and you're, you're doing technique with them and you're, you're, you're working on different things. And, and then you, you know, you have, you know, a, a easy midday and then afternoon they come in and scrap and you're like, wow, that's a good day. Good day of wrestling. You know, the tough days are the three hour long meetings and then the, doing the outside competition forms and, you know, going through the compliance meetings and doing, you know, different things. And so all the different paper, you know, different paperwork and stuff. So it's, you know, it's wrestling. So I don't want to sound like yeah. it's a bad job. It's a great job. You know, it's, 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 I would much rather be doing that, but 
it, it is a uh, it's different. I mean, being an athlete is easy. I always tell people, I mean, it's 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 super easy because it's all relative, right? So if I if I told you to come to practice at at two thirty and work out, and you're just somebody on the street, it'd be very very tough. But if you're doing it every you'd day, you'd be a like, dead man, bro. You'd be a dead man. <laughs> but if you, if you do it every day for 20 years, it's easy. I mean, it, it's hard, of course, because you're pushing yourself really hard. But it, it's it's you're you're used to the hard, so it's mm-hmm. easy. Um, so when when people are thinking about when they're like a senior level athlete and thinking about, man, I, I think I'm gonna get into coaching or get into you know out of wrestling and get into the real world. I'm like, man, I don't know. That's like being an athlete is easy. Mm-hmm. I love to be an athlete still. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. you work out. Cause it's like, you know, people will ask him like, Oh, you, you know, you're working out 20 hours a week. And it's like, no, no hour in the morning and hour and a half in the afternoon, and, you know, <laughs> five days a week, sometimes you do a six day. Like it's, it's, and I don't, I don't want to say it lightly cause it's extremely tough and you have to be very, very disciplined. Um, but it, it's, it's like, it's a hardness that, you know, it's a discipline that, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good life. So it's, uh, and do you have to uh, recruit too, or is that other people on the staff? Cause that's to yeah. me as a salesperson, I would imagine you guys every night you're banging the phones, you're texting, you're social media. Like, is that all part of it too? Or no? Yeah. A lot of recruiting. I mean, there's, uh, yeah, a lot of recruiting and that, that's become an interesting, I mean, I've only really known one thing. Um, but for the old guys that have been on staff longer, you know, it used to be, you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, recruit off campus uh, or on campus on official visits until they were seniors. So they had like a three or four month window before, uh, before the signing day, they did all their visits and then boom, they signed the next year. They're, they're right. a guy. Now it's juniors. So now August 1st of their junior year, um, you know, coaches can come to their house, you know, you can have them on official visits. So it's, it's, it's tougher because you have to recruit them longer. And it's like, sometimes people, yeah, you're just recruiting them longer, and it's like you, it's you, it, so brutal, bro. It's I hard because you, you know, yeah, you create relationships, and then it's you know, it's you want one guy, and you you know, but you like another guy too, and then it's like one guy wants to come in. Do we want to just hey, do we want to get him, or do we want to wait for another guy who we may, maybe want a little bit more, or who's a higher recruit, or so it, it becomes like it, it, it's. Uh, I wish it was back to just senior year, and I wish it was five visits, five visits in senior year. And it's, now it's, it's better. Business. It's better for the athletes too, because as a junior in high school, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Like you don't even know what you're doing as a young man, like in twenties, you know? So it's like to pick a thing like that, to have all these college coaches calling and like, it's, I mean, it's brutal to tell a coach. No, is brutal, you know? So it is hard. That's why I think, I think my advice to any young athletes is if you know early, tell them early because they won't make us bad. Some, I mean, I guess some coaches get mad. I don't know. I yeah. don't mind it. If a kid tells me and the, if they're just up front, Say hey, I think we're gonna go another way. You know, we have a good relationship with so and so, or or you know, maybe the scholarship offers better. To me, I'm like most most. I'm I'm gonna be all good because mm-hmm. then it's maybe one less weekend of official visits we don't have to do, or a, f- a few more text messages or whatever we don't have to do. So, I some coaches will 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 I mean maybe will fight to the very end. Um, and of course there's some guys that will fight to the very end too. But I think it's. It's very uh, respectable um, when a kid knows when someone's off off the table to let them know. Yeah. When actually, you look at yeah, it's it's actually they probably not meaning to do it, but it's actually almost disrespectful when they don't do that, right? When they when right. they string you along, knowing knowing that uh, it's like it's not gonna happen, but you string us along, and we bring you in on a visit because 
it's time. I mean, the money's something because it's like, you know, it's a school budget, or whatever. It's still, you know, it's still, still money, but it's like, you know, the time is a lot of weekends. A lot so of weekends. If you, and if, it's you, like, if you know you're not going to come, then it's all good. Well, you guys just came off of one of the most impressive recruiting classes in a long time for any school. And those guys are now stepping into the lineup and we're seeing, you know, the, the Feldmans of the world and some of these other guys are unbelievable. But in this day and age, I mean, Ohio State every year, along with the programs we all know and love, they can get any number one recruit, right? And so it's like knowing it's a whole extra year longer, it's just, I can imagine the sales process to get someone. And then once you have them, are you like continuous following up with them? Or once they sign, you just figured they're good and we got them? Because you see a lot of kids switching. Yeah, I mean, with the, the transfer rules now, it's it's kind of crazy. So, you know, we, for the most part, we're not, we don't really recruit guys who, who are going to be let's just say flirting with other teams, mm-hmm. right? You know, so it's, it'll happen, but so, you know, we're, we're, we're talking with our recruits and talking with our guys and guys who have committed and guys who have signed. So we're still talking to them and everything and keeping contact. And we'll see them at, you know, different tournaments where we go recruit at and, and everything, or if they come up for camps, but um, so you're still talking to them, but it's, it's definitely like a more relaxed talk where you're yeah. like, you're just kind of just shooting the shit and just kind of like, checking in, making sure things are good, but it's, uh, guards yeah, it's, down it's, a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's a different world when you're, yeah. When just, you know, cause now it's like, even if they commit as a junior, you know, they could just, another coach could keep talking to them. And I mean, they can, they can do it now when they sign, you know, it, it's, it's illegal, but they'll still do it, you know, the right. tampering and stuff. So it's like, it's, it's tough, but you want to make sure you try to recruit the right guys. And, and I think, uh, you know, Coach Ryan and, and, and all of us as staff have, have done a good job of that in, in recent years. And like I said, really like, really like our guys and, you know, so far no one's transferred out. So, you know, I think they, I think they like us and so it's all good. Yeah. Well, you guys, you know, how, you go after a certain type of, type of athlete and, and obviously the, the, the wrestling caliber is always there, but outside of that, you guys, you could tell you look for a certain, certain type of recruit and you just got one of the best out of Illinois right now, Ben DeVino. So that that's awesome um, to see him go to a great program. Let's just wind down with this though, man. You look at, you retired in 2019, one of the most dominant careers we'll ever see in America. What was it like those first month or two after retiring, knowing that you're done competing? Was that a relief or was that something where you're kind of like in turmoil over that decision? Uh, so, it, it, you know, honestly, it was a in turmoil probably from maybe like January. So I got married. I got married in December of 18. And then I went on my honeymoon in January and I took a little bit of time just during honeymoon and then post honeymoon, just to kind of think and talk to my wife, like what I want to do. Do I want to keep wrestling? My body was hurting a lot. Um, and I didn't really want to just, I didn't want to keep training and competing and and doing all this stuff. And so, uh, by the time I made the decision, I I was, I was at peace with it and very like happy with it. Yeah. Um, and I never thought about coming back and competing again. The people ask me that all the time. They asked me that the first tournament I saw people after I retired and they asked me that last weekend. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's. <laughs> I've never thought about it. It's because it's, yeah, I, I know. No. Well, you I said in another it. interview, from eight to twenty-eight, you were full tilt all the way. Through. Yeah, full tilt. I mean, training almost every day and and, and very intense elite level training. I mean, the stuff we did as a as a grade school, middle school, high school was easy compared to college. I mean, nothing. I mean, 
nothing seriously not, not close so it's seriously it, though yeah just to like the level yeah just the intensity and the level the, not screen, the level the, the level yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 the stress of it all so it's like you know it's 20 years of, of super elite and and people do more than that for sure but for me it was enough my body was, was starting to hurt and i just i was ready to be done so i'm very happy uh i'm happy where i'm at now and i'm happy i made the right decision and yeah, and, yeah good well, to that's go. good man it's it, you're uh it's an honor to have you on the podcast and you know just really cool to sit down and talk with you. You're welcome to come back anytime because there's so much we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about the, the me. I, I think about when you were a, a senior in high school at that U.S. Open because I just did a documentary on Cejudo. And, wow. um, you know, when Cejudo won the U.S. Open as a was it a high school senior? Yeah, he did win as a high school senior. I so, think he won as a senior. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. So th there's a ton to talk about, man. So basically, you're welcome back anytime. I'm a huge fan of Coach Ryan and the whole program. So really appreciate you coming on today, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was brought to you by The Wrestling Consultant, a business owned by Teague Moore to help parents and wrestlers find the right college for their future. Go to the wrestlingconsultant.com to learn more.